So it turns out Jeffrey Okuda was traded, but not to the San Francisco 49ers. Should they have made that move and why they didn't? And general manager superlatives from Pro Football Focus. Man, John Lynch, top 10 in seniority now in the NFL as a general manager. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as is the case on Wednesdays, it is another Winky Wednesday. So let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Wink, what's happening, my man? You gonna drop a five hundred on Sunday ticket, dude? That is madness. I get it; like it's not that big of a difference from what it was, you know, on Direct TV. But yeah, if you don't have YouTube television, five hundred dollars—that's like what eighty bucks a month, something like that. Like that's is crazy, it five hundred? Yeah, if you don't have YouTube TV, it's gonna be like four ninety or something. It's well, wild. luckily for me, I have YouTube TV, so ah, well, it's gonna be like four hundred then. When you are a when you are a YouTube sensation like Eric Crocker, they probably give it to him for free. Oh, I, I, I wish it's it definitely the only service. I got rid of cable. I used mm-hmm. a YouTube TV. It's like sixty bucks a month, and um and I guess it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I, is wait, Andrew Siciliano like, out of a job because they're saying that the red zone is going to be the NFL I, one, not the I'm direct a handsome TV guy one. anyway? So it's okay. If right. you if you have YouTube TV, if, if I know I saw this part, if you have YouTube YouTube TV. And you pay before June sixth, I think it was. Yeah. You get it for like two eighty. It's like a hundred bucks off or something. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm probably gonna do that. I mean, I watch the 49ers and I'm not in the local market, so I like kind of have to. Sure. That yeah, that's sense. it's it's for it's basically non-local market only for me. I, if if I you know I'm local market, so I don't need it. Um, and it's all about that red zone channel for me on Sunday. I gotta insane. watch all the games. I gotta talk about all the yeah. games too. And then you know, then you watch, then you lock into the 49ers. Uh, so nothing changes for me, luckily, and I don't have to drop the uh, the Sunday ticket. But it's gonna be a, uh, you know, I mean, with the how they paid like billions of dollars for the rights, right? Something crazy. So uh, you knew it wasn't gonna be cheap or free for uh, for right. Sunday ticket. Well, yeah, but, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, like even you said, for us zone though, channel. Nick Brian, mm. it can be a tax write off. That's I mean, true. We have to be free. I gotta watch it for. Not not free. You still pay, but you don't have to. Yeah, you know, that's a little bit more money less you have to pay in taxes. Well, look, hey, overall, Croc, YouTube's paying us more than we're paying them. Let's put that. There you go. That that is correct. That is correct. Yes. Okay. Got that. I'll take it out of your paychecks, guys. <laughs> then you never see it. Got that squared away. Uh, so less than twenty four hours ago, Croc, we were talking about Jeffrey Okuda could be a could he be a fit for the San Francisco 49ers. Turns out rumors were true. Jeffrey Okuda on the move. He's going to the Atlanta Falcons for a fifth round pick. Croc. Should the 49ers been in on Jeffrey Okuda, former number three pick in the NFL draft for a fifth round selection? I saw your response on Twitter and, and you made a great point with like the money part of it. Right. Mm. But like uh, Brandon, I, you can, for all the reasons we said a trade made sense for him because you essentially have two years with him before you have to make a big time commitment. Yeah, I might, I might be inclined to use a fifth on Okuda and mm. pay him whatever that fifth year option is. It would, it would be basic. Yeah. Really? The fifth year option for the number three pick. Yeah, that's a lot. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. What, 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 what is it? 
I, I don't know what it is exactly. Um, I thought it was based on something with your performance, though. I thought it is. It's performance. It's position. So each position group is different, mm. and you're in performance tier. I could look it up real quick, but it would be hard right now to make that call, which is the reason the Lions are trading him away is because they clearly weren't going to pick up his fifth year option. Does Atlanta like him enough to where it's not a run a one year five million dollar rental for them? Is it uh, a, a longer term thing? And they do pick up his fifth year option. Uh, it's a, it's a great question. I, yeah, I don't know if he's shown enough to pick up the fifth year option. But. I would like him. I mean, yeah, I would like you guys him. got me all excited listening to the pod. You're talking. I'm like, yeah, go after him. Go get. And then, oh, Atlanta, Philly. He fits. I, I think. And now, again, I'm going off of my evaluation of him from college. Mm-hmm. And that version of him, what he was for Ohio State, fits what the 49ers do and how they could utilize him. And then if you get any type of pass rush outside of Nick Bosa. I mean, I think that only makes him even better. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, high end ability, not elite talent, but I mean, he played that. I'm telling you, he played that quarters. It's some of the best I've ever seen from a press bail standpoint. And I, and I think that's something that he could definitely hone in at the NFL level. When, when the lions drafted him, I said, they dedicated the service because they're going to try to use him like they use Darius Slate and, Man, mm. that's exactly what they did. Having him follow guys around, that is not his game. He wouldn't have to do that as much on the 49ers or at all. So, um, you know, I think the expectations for what he was in the justified taking the corner number three overall, Detroit, you know, it maybe didn't make sense. But the 49ers, hey, man, we give up a fifth. We might have to pay you $5 million this year, $10 million next year, whatever it is. But if we could get you to play at the high level and get that confidence back. Because quarterback is all about confidence. Yep. And once it starts to leave and you feel like the organization might not be feeling you and it's kind of weird vibes, you know, okay, I might just need a fresh start. You go to a 49ers, you play with some guys that are going to, you know, hey, man, like, man, this is great. What, Ufunga? Man, he's like this hang loose Polynesian guy, high spirits. You know, you got Diamondo uh, Lenore, he's the hyena. And, you know, it's kind of young there in the secondary. You got Traverius Ward, you get the feet off of him. And then just, you know, the defensive staff there. I think that would have been a good look for him. But uh, unfortunately, it, it, it just won't be. So so the 50-year option number for Okuda that you would have to pick up this May, uh, even though he's in the fourth year of his contract. So you'd have one year. You The, the, the team would be paying him $5 million this year. And if you don't pick up the option, then you're basically trading them for one year, five million. And if you pick, which up is worth it, right? Fifth round pick, one year, so. five million, fifth round pick. That'd be enough, I think. So it's a it's eleven and a half million dollars. So it's not the high end, um, mm. because he ha- his production and playing time hasn't been enough to put him in the the higher tier. So it's not the higher tier, even though he's the f- number three overall pick at cornerback. Eleven and a half million dollars would be the fifth year option. So you'd be you'd be guessing a little bit on that, and uh, it's not crazy money. And in the end, it could be a value, but we we haven't even really seen any corners recently in free agency get a lot more than that per year anyway. So it, I would guess that the Falcons are not planning on picking up the fifth-year option. That's why it was only a fifth-round pick. So in a vacuum, fifth-round pick for Okuda at, at the $5 million salary, I think that's totally fair. And I would have done it yeah. for the 49ers just based on that. Uh, the reason the 49ers didn't do it, though, is because they're not $5 million over the salary cap. So they literally, I don't think, could have done it unless they restructured some other things first. And maybe they didn't think it was worth that. Uh, to me, what needed to happen, and this is a trade I've, I've talked about multiple times now, is the Lions would have had had to be willing to take Kinlaw back in the trade. 
And so mm. then now, now you have, you're paying less money. They're taking some salary back from you. You're trading guys that you're probably not going to pick up the fifth year option are on, uh, but maybe they're a better fit for your football team and need a, a fresh start and all of that. Um, that would have made sense to me. And maybe the 49ers offered that. I don't know. And the lions weren't having it, but I think salary is probably a big part of why the 49ers weren't in on uh, a fifth round pick for Jeffrey Okuda. I think it'd be hard to buy in on Kinlaw. What's that? I said, I think he goes to Atlanta to die. Like that's <laughs> that's it, huh? After this year, we may not see him get a couple of one year contracts everything. and then out. across from AJ across from AJ Terrell, so he doesn't have to follow mm-hmm. guys or anything like that. Doesn't have to be the number one corner. Um, I'm trying to think of what kind of coverages they use in Atlanta. I know they have sort of an odd multiple kind of a front that they use. Um, that's sort of like a hybrid three four up front. But how, what kind of coverages do they use on the back end? Are they still doing the cover three stuff? Whatever they're doing, I I mean, do they got a pass rush? I mean, ultimately, listen, everybody talks about coverage. None of that matters if you don't have a pass rush. And I think the 49ers, somehow, they have pass rush because of one guy, and that guy's name is Nick Bosa. But And and that just makes everything easier. But there's a lot of people like, man, the only reason why that guy was good was because he had a pass rush. Well, nobody's good without a pass rush in the NFL anymore. Right. (laughs) Nobody. You you gotta have a pass rush. So you go somewhere, Atlanta, and they don't have guys getting after it. Even if it's just one guy, like the 49ers have Nick Bosa. Then as a cornerback, especially a guy who's already, you know, your clock is a little sped up, you might you might be in trouble. Hmm. Next, guys, let's talk about John Lynch and where he ranks among some of the uh, GMs in the NFL and uh and, and how PFF grades out the 49ers draft picks in round one on day two, on day three of the NFL draft in John Lynch's tenure in the years 2017 through 2022 next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You first talk about this mobile game app and if you've ever thought of that you'd make a good general manager, right? You could be in charge. You could draft. You could uh, go through free agency and build yourself a franchise. I've thought that and I played the game and it might not be as easy as you think to create a dynasty with Ultimate Football GM. Manage every aspect of your franchise. You are in control of hiring and firing the right coaches and coordinators. you got to put together the the right scheme. That's the first thing I did when I got my franchise. Got rid of the coaching staff. I wanted to run a certain kind of offense. I wanted the West Coast-style personnel. And so I had to gut the thing first and, and then try to build it up. And got myself a quarterback, doing a lot of trades, and it was so fun to try to chase that and build yourself a dynasty and it's, and it's realistic and, and very challenging as well with ultimate football gm you are hiring and firing coaches and coordinators managing the finances of your uh, of your of your organization negotiating player salaries terms navigating your franchise through free agency the draft injuries player personnel issues and uh, some things that pop up uh, ups, ups and downs of a season that you might not even expect to pop up and Locked On 49ers listeners will get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. Uh, Ultimate Football GM, completely free, playable offline, play on the go when and where you want to. Use promo code Locked On inside the game to get a little boost to your franchise. Ultimate-GM.com or look it up on the app stores. That's Ultimate-GM.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. So looking at the latest article from Brad Spielberger, friend of the program at PFF, taking a look at NFL general managers. And just initially right off the bat, guys, this struck me. John Lynch, who's been 49ers GM since 2017, is is in the top 10 for 
senior general managers in the league. Only 10, only nine general managers have been general managers of their teams longer. And two of those own the stinking teams, right? So Jerry Jones of the Cowboys, Mike Brown of the Bengals, who've been in charge of their franchises since the 90s. If you take them out of it, the only GMs that have had their positions for their organizations longer than John Lynch are Bill Belichick since 2000 with the Patriots, Mickey Loomis in New Orleans, John Schneider with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, Howie Roseman with the Eagles, Les Snead with the Rams, Tom Telesco of the Chargers, and Jason Light of the Buccaneers. And then next is tied with Chris Ballard, both hired in 2017, respectively, with the 49ers and the Indianapolis Colts. Isn't that crazy that two-thirds of the league has turned over a GM since John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan took over the 49ers? Because they feel fresh and, and somewhat new even still, but it's been six years. It's it one of those been. things John where... John Lynch has been really good, too. I mean, yeah. you look at how this team is built, the roster, the moves... Um, I feel like the calculated aggressiveness uh, that they've had, I think at times 49 fans want them to be more aggressive, but I think they've been plenty aggressive when you start to look yeah. at all the moves that they've made, uh, the different things that they've done to put themselves in position in the middle of the year, right? Going out and getting Emmanuel Sanders, that's a really good mm -hmm. move by the GM. Going out and getting Christian McCaffrey, good move by the GM. You know, th there's been a, you know, obviously there's some downs uh, during that time, but ultimately the 49ers are viewed the way they are because of the roster, not even because of the quarterback position, which a lot of teams is, like, oh man, like, yo, this, this GM's doing a great job. And, and you say that because, well, they got it right at quarterback and they got this amazing right. quarterback. 49ers don't have that and they still been able to uh, feel one of the best rosters in the NFL. And, and then to, I mean, how good of a, a GM do you have to be to where you don't you still two years later or going into year three you don't know what you have in this guy that you traded all these picks up for which would be a blunder any other time but you drafted a guy mr irrelevant the very last pick in the draft whether it's the scouts or whatever but they pulled the trigger on it and now all of a sudden hey we're still we're still rocking and rolling we're still good i think it takes a special front office to be able to pull off some of those things so uh yeah john lynch yeah. doing a great job I mean, you're you're right, and you left off one of the biggest, I think, moves that that John Lynch did in the midseason was acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo, which really mm. turned the franchise around. I mean, that was they were dead, they they were garbage, right? I mean, we went through those tough seasons as as Forty Nine er fans, and then you get Jimmy Garoppolo, and there's just there's hope, right? And there's there's like, oh, they went out, they went out, and they got a guy, and then they signed him to the huge contract, and it's like, all right, John Lynch, which is is wild to think about that it's it's been since 2017 because when he was hired there was a lot of like what, john lynch the, the the announcer guy the i thought it was player? A joke. okay he, he thought it was gonna be like one or two seasons and then he was gonna step aside and be like all right i'm going back into the booth but here he is you know number 10 on the list of seniority and he's still going strong i love it i, I thought they were trolling when i saw it on tv <laughs> because you gotta, you gotta remember where the 49ers were during that time you yeah you basically were going yeah, on your York was what fourth joke. head coach in four years yeah. it was a certain uh, it, yeah, it was a circus. So it's like you're going through this circus. They had not yet hired Shanahan. I think most people assumed it would be him, but you didn't know. Right. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, 49ers. And what the, oh, Lewis Riddick, and there's all these other names that you think yeah. it might be. Then it's like, John Lynch from TV? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Not, and, and, and it wasn't that I didn't think that it would work, right? I mean, I just had no idea. But to me, it just came off as a joke. Like, okay, what, 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 are, we, what are we doing yeah. here? And yeah, was, guy and was zero. The guy was zero front office experience, and so my first when when that report came out was John. They're hiring John Lynch as GM. I was like, oh, 
that's weird. There's another guy named John Lynch that works in some front office in the NFL. I, let's go figure out who this guy is. And I was like, oh, it's that John Lynch? Really? That guy? Uh, and, and clearly John Lynch is a first guy, and he's competitive. And I think you're right, Croc. The, they've been very aggressive. And the, the, the competitiveness yeah. of both Kyle and look, and, and they're, th- this should be kind of Kyle and John Lynch. They're, they're, they're kind of together making these decisions for the roster. So it's not just John Lynch's roster. Um, but it, it, they've been very aggressive and they're so competitive. And if there's a great player out there, they're going to be in on it. And we saw that with Trent Williams. We've seen it with Christian McCaffrey. We saw them try to go do something in the draft to go get a quarterback. And, and maybe even if the process is wrong and they're overpaying for some of these things, they're trying to get the best guys that they could find. And they're aggressive and they're not sitting on their hands and letting other people do work without them being involved. So uh, I think fans can appreciate that. Well, here's the thing, Peacock, and you kind of look at it, and this is not to diminish what John Lynch has done, but just for John Lynch to get the job and do as well as he has done uh, throughout this time. You just talked about it on a recent episode, how you could put together a staff and, you know, you handpick all your guys from for, from social media and how well of a job you believe that we could do based on what you did as a one-man army uh, doing your shadow drafts, right? Like your shadow drafts were good. You you were on par yeah. with what the 49ers were doing. Some things were better. Some things were the same. Richie James, uh, George Kittle, you had some of the same picks at the same time mm-hmm. as the 49ers or around there. I think you had Kittle going around earlier. I'd Kittle in the, in the fourth, yeah. And my drafts especially look good compared to uh, to, to Trent Baalke versus right. John Lynch, <laughs> and they were way better than me in the in the late rounds. And I, but I, I was better than them, including I think, the newer regime in the early rounds. So, so, so I say, I, well, I say that to say that we're giving him a lot of credit, deservedly so. But like, how hard? And I'm not saying it's easy to be a GM. I think the biggest thing is being able to take, uh, you know. What this guy says and what this guy says and kind of formulate that to to help you with your your picks and not get in your own way. And I think that's the biggest issue GMs have. They're they're so prideful and it's like, I want yep. this guy and, and 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 that's it. Or the owner comes down. You got to take this guy. And I think uh, Jet York getting out of the way. I think that really helped. But I think the biggest quality that John Lynch has, I think that has him as successful as he is. Hey, is this what you want to do? All right, we'll do it, and I'll make sure we make it happen. And or he could be a Trent Baalke, who Trent Baalke has some good picks, but overall it was regardless of coach, regardless of scheme, he was going to draft mm. the guy he wanted, regardless of the input from the outside guys. And I think ultimately that's why he ended up kind of getting ran out of San Francisco. So uh, John Lynch has done a really good job, which I think you and I we would bounce things off of each other, right? Okay, what well, what do you like about this guy? Okay, should we take this guy? Nah, don't take him because of this. And you listen to your scouts. John Lynch does a great job of doing that. Yeah, I mean, one of the first things John Lynch said in one of his pressers was, look, I'm smart enough to know what I don't know. And he brought in Adam Peters. Like, what an amazing move that was. You might want to put John Lynch slash Kyle Shanahan slash Adam Peters on that list because you know that's his dude. You know, that that's the guy that's his right-hand man. And as a general manager of a restaurant, I have 87 employees. So I know what it's like to, to kind of be at the top and be able to, you know, like, I know what I don't know, right? So I have people that do. You know, I have a manager here, I have a manager there, I have a manager there, and I have all these different areas that I need to oversee. And I think that's what John Lynch does really well. You you mentioned it that he he doesn't he doesn't overstep his bounds, right? He he knows like, okay, hey, is this your guy? You you tell me this is the way to go. Okay, does everybody agree? All right, let's go. It's not just like this is how it is. I don't care what you say. This is where we're going, which you know we saw a little bit of in, in the past for the 49ers. So I, I love what Lynch has been doing. 
Yeah, and, and I would imagine uh, Winkler doesn't take what other people have to say uh, as he runs his ship, like John Lynch, right? You, you Iron Fist? Dude, I, I base it off of John Lynch. What are you talking about? I love it. He's my role model. <laughs> uh, so overall, yeah, and, and I want to talk about some of the grades that PFF has here for uh, general managers and where the 49ers rank in you know, early picks, late picks. And, you know, and, and we can look at position groups the 49ers have targeted under John Lynch, too. And I think some of them are pretty obvious and some of them might be a little bit surprising as well. Next. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network for your second listen. Why don't you check out the brand newest from Locked On at Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Talking draft, talking free agency, cap management. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, as it pertains to the 49ers drafting early from 27, and thanks to PFF and, and Brad Spielberger, again, who wrote this article, they broke it down in, in 10 year splits and then it, from 2017 to 2022 as well uh, in the draft, which is nice because that's exactly when Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch showed up on the scene for the San Francisco 49ers. So, uh, I'm going to reference the, the 2017 to 2022 results. And, you know, some of those results still incomplete, but. The most successful drafting in the first round, guys. Where would you guess the 49ers ranked from 27 to 2018? Uh, from 2017 to 2022, team draft success accounting for positional value and weighted by round here. Where would the 49ers rank with round one picks, do you think? Because of positional value and you don't have the quarterback yeah. nailed down, I would say that kind of bumps them down the list a little bit. But then you got Nick Bosa, he's an edge rusher, so that might Big. balance it out a little bit. But mm -hmm. I'd say probably around. Uh, gosh, I don't want to take the easy way. I want to go one or the other. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go 17, 18. Yeah, I was going to go in the low 20s, like 21, 22, because Bosa, I mean, is really one of the only big hits, right? I mean, you've had a couple of other good draft picks, but uh, quite a few bad ones as yeah, well. Especially with the second contract of Mike McGlinchey, I think that goes down mm -hmm. as a big hit. Bosa obviously oh, goes right. down as a big hit, but you got you can't forget 2017 with two big misses mm -hmm. and Solomon Thomas and Reuben Foster, Foster and right now with the quarterback thing which is you know not a hit yet so uh and, and you nailed it they're um they're ninth worst in first round weighted by uh positional value as well account or accounting positional value weighted in the first round of uh, of draft picks from 2017 to 2022 so uh ninth worst team in the NFL drafting according to PFF and those grades and um and Do you get passed because you've done so well in mid to late rounds? Well, yeah. that certainly helped. In my book. That's what's crazy about this 49ers team. With the with if Trey if Trey Lance turns out to be just a bust, never turns out to be anything for the 49ers, whether they trade him away or he just stays and, and isn't good or whatever. Um for the 40 and I, when this trade happened, it was like, man, this is you know a weird process for me. Just be right and it'll be okay. And, so and it was far, always a weird process for you. It always yeah, was. Like you said that from the jump. Yeah. And uh, I remember the first day the trade happened when they went up to number three, the reporting from Schefter left out one of the first round picks. And I, and, and I went live immediately with Kyle Krabs, by the way, of Locked On NFL Scouting, also the host of uh, Locked On Dolphins. And it was like, neither one of us knew what was going on. I was like, oh, we got to do an emergency uh, crossover podcast here. And we started talking about it. And Schefter's first report was that they moved up from 12 to number three for, 
for a first and a third. They didn't add in the other first round pick, um, you know, which makes a difference. I was like, oh, that's actually not that bad of value to go from 12 to three, you know? And it was like, I, I was kind of, and then I found out later there's another first round pick on it. And then they're like, well, we don't even know what quarterback we're going to pick. And it's like, cause I thought when I heard it, it was like, oh, they're going to get Justin Fields. And it's like, you know, he's talented enough and that makes sense. Um, and then it was like, and then looking back, it was like, well, it's not like, let's say Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones all along. That's not better. You know, <laughs> he's worth going up to number three, four. It's kind of crazy. Thank God it was at least a guy with high upside. The Patriots might be trying to trade Mac Jones. So just the whole trade was was wild from the start. When they did it, how early they did it, they, they still hadn't completed evaluations. This was the COVID offseason, so they hadn't met any of these human beings yet. Have a dinner with the guy before mm. you decide to spend all those resources to go get a, a player in the draft, right? So it was a wild process. And the fact that that process could end in complete disaster and the fact that there's no way you would fire John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan, that, that's what's wild to me is how well they've come out of that without even having any value for those three first-round picks and that quarterback yet. Because at the time, I said, oh, it just got to work. That's the only rule. You better be right here because if you're not, you're not going to have a job in 2024. And they're for sure going to have a job in 2024 no matter what happens with, with Trey Lance. So it's a testament to the rest of the work they've done. How about round two? Or uh, sorry, day two. Rounds two and three. Uh, again, this is team draft success accounting for positional value and weighted by round. Where would you rank the 49ers on day two of the NFL draft from 2017 to 2022? A lot better, I believe, because you got Debo Samuel, you got Fred Warner, right? I feel like those are those are going to bump your numbers up. Those are going to make you a little bit better. But the positions, though. It's not like yeah. they're, they're at the, the no like quarterback super, thing hurts. Yeah, they're, well, they're, you know, even then it's not edge rusher. It's not like cornerback, sure. like some positions that might be a little bit harder. There are a lot of teams that have good production out of second-round receivers. There are a lot of teams that get second- and third-round, you know, uh, good production out of linebackers. So I would say it's probably on par with their first-round picks. So around 21st, 22nd. I think another part of it is number of picks. So you've gotten production from more players than maybe some other teams. Well, that helps. And I'm looking at this yeah. list and I'm looking at a lot of teams at the top have had a lot of picks. Uh, the 49ers are actually, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about 10th oh, okay. in, uh, in, in day two, which is surprising. I thought it'd be a little bit closer middle of the road, but they have had the mm-hmm. two stars in Fred Warner and Debo Samuel and wide receiver value is, is kind of a premium wide receiver is now a premium position especially, you know, based on what Debo Samuel made in his second contract. So uh, big hits there. Aaron Banks is looking good now for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. They've had some other uh, obvious misses, uh, but a lot of those misses. Better. That's why I'm a little worried about these picks, because 99 to 102, that's an area the 49ers have not been good in the <laughs> NFL draft, is those late third-round picks, because really the only really good third-round pick they've made is Fred. <laughs> Running backs. It, the, yeah, right? the, the thing I struggle with there, like when we start talking about the value of it, right, and, and I'm trying to figure out their – kind of how they go about this, but there are, look at the, some of the receivers around the league right now, some of the best receivers in their second, third round picks. I mean, even mm. from that class, right? Like, let's say that, that same class that, that Debo Samuel was in, cause he's the one that's helping the 49ers right now. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin was a third round pick. I mean, you, there's there, uh, a couple years later, there's T Higgins, you know, there's Michael Pittman guys that are thousand plus yard receivers. Like, you know, I mean, it's like you see that a lot. Like, it's not it's not out of the ordinary to have a productive receiver. Now, again, Debo, he's a special kind of talent. But, again, I mean, those teams that look at it like, well, we like T. Higgins more than – I mean, we would love to have Debo, but we're just fine, if not more fine, with a guy like T. Higgins. Like, there are teams that are getting a lot of production 
out of second round receivers. So I don't even think it's like, I don't think it's special that you have a Debo. It's great that you have him on your team, but mm-hmm. in the sense of what's going on around the NFL, uh, there's a lot of, or, you know, a decent amount of second round, third round receivers that are good. And by the way, the, the metric they're using at PFF here uh, to determine how good a player is, is by their, their proprietary PFF wins above replacement. So that's how they're grading each player, what, what their value is. I'm so his value, Warner cranks Debo's, that up. Well, and, and Debo too. Because Debo's way, value might be way more important to the 49ers than T. Higgins' value to the Cincinnati Yes, Bengals. right. Yeah, more wins. Yeah, more wins created basically, right. And then I so this is this is a little surprising. So I I did think the 49ers were good on day two, but with the number of picks they've had, and I think the the hit rate is a little lower. I, I expected them to be more toward the middle of the pack than than toward the top of the pack, which they were. And then looking at uh day three of the draft, rounds four through seven, I fully expected to see the 49ers at number one. And yeah. they're not surprisingly, they're about in the same spot, right around 10 to 12 here. Uh, let's see exactly what it is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They're eleven in the NFL according to uh, PFF team draft success based on those wins above replacement, accounting for positional value and weighted by round. Now, a lot of the 49ers hits have been not uh, high end positions. So, you know, offensive linemen and tight end, and you know, strong safety, defensive tackle. So maybe that's why it, it comes down mm-hmm. a little bit, but I think the 49ers have been the best in the NFL from 27 to 2022, 2017 to 2022 in rounds five through seven. And now well, the quarterback too. Well, who who are these other teams drafted? I know, right? So number number one is <laughs> probably the Kansas, linemen and stuff, right? <laughs> number one is the Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm. No, uh, this is for uh, rounds four through seven. Kansas City like- Chiefs. Uh, Sneed, okay, yeah, the, the corner Sneed, he's good. Yeah, I mean. fourth rounder. Uh, they got uh, last year they had uh, the seventh round running back who ended up being their starter, Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco, um, even at running back, I mean, you talk about not having a whole lot of value out of position, right? Yeah, that's that's one of the lowest positional values. They got, they got my head around Jared this for McKinnon the Niners, off the street, man. and he had like the most receiving yeah. touchdowns in the NFL or something crazy. That was big. <laughs> great second half but it's like the Niners have what so we got Kittle obviously which was a huge one even Elijah Mitchell which has been solid for them where was Hufunga drafted yeah fifth, fifth round. round okay I mean there's three solid starters right there late rounds yeah, I'm, right I'm, I'm racking my brain at who the Chiefs have drafted that I would take their haul over the 49ers yeah. in the stretch Juan Jennings has been good or even just how even rounder. just how they would have accumulated more wins because the Niners have had a lot of picks too, and and so have the Chiefs. The Chiefs had a ton of picks here. I think we just tossed this all out, right? Well, oh, this, this might be, be a case of you know, and we all you know follow the NFL very closely. I know I watch a lot of other teams, but when it comes to where guys are drafted, I know much more about the 49ers just just in general. Uh, especially like mid to late rounds. So we can feel it a little bit more because we watch every game and it's like, oh, Diamond Lenore, he was a fifth, sixth round pick. He's playing a lot for the 49ers. Oh, you know, we, we could do that a lot with the 49ers. Oh, Dre Greenlaw, like really good, you know. DJ and Jones. Maybe other Not teams wrong. say, uh, we got those same type of guys filling out our right. roster. Yeah, it's a good call. George Kittle. Come yeah, Homer Eyes. I, I don't see it. I still don't. I see know it. it's like they <laughs> like these guys would have to have like. Do you have all pros? Because the 49ers have all pros yeah. that were drafted in the mm-hmm. fifth round. Two of them: right, Hufunga and Kittle. 
We got to get yep. to the bottom of this. We're going to draft. And Greenlaw, I felt like should have been the All Pro. Should be, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, let's see. We're going by team. Kansas City Chiefs. Let's let's see draft history here. 2022 through you guys wrap um, that up i gotta get going my kids got soft my guys got baseball i'm a coach i can't miss out on it go coach young bixby um enjoy guys figure this out i want to listen i want to hear what we missed out on what we didn't get in week remember they're not teaching the chop down on the ball technique anymore you gotta get that angle of attack going that elbow up right it's all about launch angle all right right. thanks week all right, Croc, we're, we're taking this podcast longer than we expected here. Saying goodbye to, to Nicholas Winkler. I always appreciate him jumping on the show. Uh, my former colleague in the radio realm and former TV sports anchor turned restaurateur. Uh, Croc, let's let's get to the bottom of this real quick. It just the, the team that's number one here, Kansas City Chiefs. So this is rounds four through seven. Last year, uh, starting in 2017 because they'll, they'll have had more time to create value. Round four, 2017, Jehu Chasson, wide receiver from Michigan. Round five, Ukeme Aligwe, never heard of him, linebacker from Georgia Southern. Leon McQuay, defensive back from USC. Okay, that's a big zero for 2017. 2018, day three, round four, Armani Watts, defensive back from Texas A&M. Tremont Smith, DB from Central Arkansas. Khalil McKenzie, defensive tackle from Tennessee. And that's 2018. Again, not even close. 2019, round four, Rashad Fenton, DB from South Carolina. Darwin running back from Utah State. Nick Allegretti, a center from Illinois. 2020. All right, Legereus Sneed. Here we go. Legereus Sneed, that's a big value pick there. Fourth round. Fenton, too. Fenton's like a starter for them. He, I think he is a starter. Is is uh, at, at safety? Like Rashad. Nickel. Uh, nickel okay nickel uh michael dana defensive end from michigan didn't do much uh thakarius keys db from tulane didn't do much and that's it for 2020 2021 great draft creed humphrey in the second round but we're talking round fours through sevens they didn't have a seventh round pick here they've had a lot of non-seven round picks noah gray round four tight end from duke cornell powell wide receiver from clemson round five round six trey smith guard from tennessee who's been a, a good pick for them so that was a hit uh, so two two really good picks and a third like pretty good pick as well, and then in 2022 round four, Brian Cook DB I think he started games for them strong safety out of Cincinnati, uh, Leo Chanel linebacker from Wisconsin, Joshua Williams DB from Fayetteville State, Darian Kennard from a tackle from Kentucky, Jalen Watson DB from Washington State, and Isaiah Pacheco seventh round running back. And I think uh, Watson played well and then Pacheco, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know that's if that's close. better than the 49ers hall. No, now, again, I, mean, I don't watch those guys. Movie. And now, because I wonder if you had a, a Chiefs host on and he's like, uh, D'Amador Lenore, you know, like, you know, but right. it's like for us, it's like, man, he's, he's pretty valuable. <laughs> I mean, even if you just went by the obvious hits, right? The guys who, the guys who got to their second contracts and got paid by whether the, it was the 49ers or somebody else. Let's go to 2017. George Kittle. One of the best tight ends in the NFL, big time free agent contract. DJ Jones got a big contract last offseason by the Denver Broncos. That's just 2017 alone with Trent Taylor, uh, Peter Tao, uh, Tamoy Pianu, uh, Adrian Colbert. Adrian Colbert was 2017, huh? And uh, I'm missing one. No, that's a. Uh, oh, yeah, I am missing uh, Joe Williams, who did absolutely zero. 
but zero is still zero. And then 2018, Richie James in the seventh round, Julian Taylor in the sixth round, or no, seventh round, Marcel Harris in the sixth round, DJ Reed in the fifth round, Contavious Street. Yeah. So DJ Reed got paid. So already I would take the 49ers just those two years, 2017 and 2018, versus everything that the the Chiefs have had. Now let's go to 2019, where the 49ers got Dre Greenlaw in the fifth round, Mitch Wishnowski, who, you know, punters aren't super valuable, but he's not a zero. You know, he's given the 49ers. Uh, their their punter for the the current and future there. Caden Smith, Justin School, and Tim Harris round out the 2019 draft for the 49ers on day three. Then 2020, only two rounds or two picks, uh, excuse me, three picks on day three. The 49ers only had five picks that year after all the trades. Colton McKivitz who's going to be the starting tackle for him this year. Uh, Charlie Warner and Juwan Jennings. So three. Juwan Jennings, I mean. Yeah, two yeah. pretty good players there. Especially I, I, I don't know how. I mean, you know, we, we haven't even gotten to – like Lenore and Hufunga and those guys. And to me, it's, it's not even close. Now, so it's already the Niners have already won this. Now you go to 2021 and you've got uh, Ambry Thomas, Jalen Moore, but then you've got in the fifth round, Diamador Lenore, Talano Hufunga, and then in round six, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, it ain't close. It ain't so, close. yeah, not even close. And that's not even talking about Spencer Burford starting guard. Womack, who might be the nickel this year for the 49ers. So uh, not even close. I, I question the the veracity of the wins above replacement metric for PFF. If uh, the other ones made sense a little bit, but the the day three, it's not jiving with me for value. Niners have drafted way more value than I think any team in the league, and especially the team that's at number one for them, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think this is when we tweet them and at them and tell them that it- PFF is trash. I see that a lot. <laughs> yeah, people, when you don't agree with them, people go at them hard. I'm not going to do that. But quote tweet them and say PFF is trash. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Thanks to Wink for uh, coming on with us once again on another Winky Wednesday. And thanks everybody for making us your first listen. Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked On 49ers.